0: And,
1: uh, you know, there's a common theme today of freedom, you know, and, 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 and the theme of the kingdom is the theme of freedom, right? So the world would tell you it's not that. Like, the world would tell you it's bondage, it's shackles, but it's nonsense, it's garbage, it's straight-up lies from the enemy. And I want to take a moment to, to honor our country, the United States of America, the, literally the greatest country ever. We have our flaws... We're not perfect by any means, but we are an amazing country where, like the kingdom, I believe, so, you know, it's funny. I spent 22 years in the military. I was in the Coast Guard. I did a lot of really fun stuff, awesome stuff, and I love it because now they pay me not to show up. It's pretty cool. Being retired is pretty awesome. Like, you don't really think about that when you're 19. You know, like, yeah, you could do 20 years and then get retirement. You're like, "Eh, whatever. Whatever. But then when you get the retirement, you're like, dude, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> like, I could get used to this. So, obviously, you still work and all that stuff, but we get a pension and, and, and stuff. But, you know, one of the things that, that's beautiful, and, and I think why, the reason why you see there's such an attack against the United States of America is because it's, it's a land of the free, right? It's a land of the free. So the, but the kingdom is also a kingdom of freedom. So the enemy doesn't want you to be free, but he wants you to think that you're free by doing it your way, the way he wants you to do it. And it's all nonsense and it's garbage. So that's why you see there's such attack, such anti-Americanism, like such attack against America. Literally, people who um, are born free criticizing the freedom that like they have the freedom to criticize like like it's the weirdest thing it's ins- it's it's insane so you can see it's a spiritual thing because you're literally talking trash about something that if you tried to do that in some other country they would cut your freaking head off done game over all right cool i love our country but i love god more but i do think that our country was founded on godly principles and if you don't think that just go read the constitution just go read the whole Constitution. Anyways, okay. Whew, I'm getting fired up. Okay. I'm going to pray so that I don't screw anything else up speaking. Okay? Lord, I give you this time. God, I give you praise and honor and glory. Let my actions glorify you. Let my words honor you. Let what, uh, what comes out of my mouth connect with your people. God, I, I don't take it lightly. I love you. I give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, awesome. So the title of my message is The Cost of Freedom. I was like, what am I going to call this? Is it the keys to freedom? I don't know. But the cost of freedom, like everything has a cost. Like everything has a price. But I'm going to try to get this in a way so like... I don't know. It'll make sense at the end, I hope. So when we talk about the cost of freedom, we got to first define what freedom actually is. I just want to make sure I can see the clock. Good. Okay, fantastic. You'll notice when I speak, I get distracted real easily once in a while. I promise it's not you, it's me. I will get better at that. I am not a professional preacher, but we will get there. Anyways, so I want to explain freedom to you. Kingdom freedom to you in my own words. You've already heard. You've already heard. We've had such a such a great um, um, fingerprint of freedom throughout, and our church is a church of freedom. It's a place that that allows you to be the greatest you that you can be, right? Not not the best you that like the, the world tells you you can be, but like the best you that God created you to be. So so kingdom freedom to me is. Let me just explain it. Uh, uh, so earlier in my life, I had a compartmentalized life. So I'll give you an example. At work I had a work persona, right? Um, at school I had a school persona. At church, if I went to church, I had a church persona. In my neighborhood, I had a neighborhood persona. At the gym, I had a gym persona. At, with different friends, I had a different persona. Like it was like it was almost like, you know, at any given point, there's 5 to 6 people or 5 to 6 personas living in one person at a given time. How many can like can like understand what I'm saying? How many of you guys do Okay, so this is, this is pre-understanding my identity as a man of God. So it gets exhausting, right? Because at work, so here, I'll give you, guys, I used to be a professional cusser. Like, I went to public school. I was in the military 22 years, so I cussed all the time. I was great at it. Like, if they had competitions, I might have won some. So, anyways, I remember we start going to church back in like 2007 in Virginia Beach when we're stationed out there, and uh, I'm still a professional cusser. But at church, I'm like, okay, change, change the language, okay. So then I'm like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing very, very well. And you know, every once in a while, you almost drop something, but you don't. Until one day, I'm playing. Um, I'm playing basketball at my friend's house, who's a massive leader in church, awesome guy. And I jumped up, typical basketball injury, land on someone's foot, roll my ankle, pop. I just feel, feel like the bone breaks, the, the metacarpal, meta, tarpal, metatarsal. I mixed two b- bones in one word. Good for me. Anyways, and I was like, mother. And I just like, <laughs> and, and it was so funny, like full on, let it rip. And I'm like, I just broke my effing foot, right? And I'm like that. And there's all these church folks there. And my buddy's like looking at me. He's, just, he's cool. He's like, whatever. And I told him later, I was like, dang, dude. Well, I guess you see what's on the inside, you know? And he just kind of laughed, you know? And, and, but uh, you know, it's kind of a funny story. But, but it shows how difficult it is to maintain, like, like different things, different places. Like, I got to be this way in front of this person. If I go into this meeting, I got to be this way. Kingdom freedom is being the same person all the time in every environment. And that, you might be sitting here today and you might be like, you're full of crap. That's not even real. That's not a thing. I'm telling you it's a thing because I didn't think it was a thing. Like I thought life was actually like that, that you had to act a certain way around your parents. You had to act a certain way around your friends. You had to act a certain way at work. You had to act a different way somewhere else and it was exhausting. Like when I look, you know, in the, in the time when I was in it, I don't think I felt exhausted because, like, I don't think I I, I had the connection or I correlated the two. But looking back on it now and how I live now, like, I'm telling you, miracles are real. I've seen real, legit miracles happen. But in my own life, the fact that I'm sitting here right now to you guys not pretending to be something. Like, seriously, 10 years ago, if you said, hey, I want you to come and speak at a church, I want you to do something, I would, I would try to memorize a bunch of things that, I, that were, had no level of transformation in my life, and I'd come and try to fake to be something, you know, and, and thank God, God gave me a level of ability to communicate, but I, I would be no, like, break, I'm just, guys, I'm, this is who I am. Like, this is real. Like, this is, I'm not trying to be anything. I don't have to do that anywhere that I go, because here's the deal. Kingdom freedom is God is the one who promotes. God is the one who sees everything. He sees what happens when you're all alone, he sees your, he sees your thoughts. He sees your heart. He sees everything that you do. So God is the one who promotes. So if God sees what you do in private, he rewards publicly. Do you think that God can be stopped by some ungodly person who's in a position of authority of you? I can tell you for certain he can't. I was a master chief. Like if I made master chief, like that's like the highest you can go in the enlisted type thing. Like it was God's favor and his promotion. I had plenty of people over me who didn't want to see me succeed, but I still Still succeeded, anyways. Who didn't want to see me sit in seats of authority and in rooms of influence, but I still had it, anyways. So that's how the kingdom works. So, kingdom freedom is being you, the you that God created all the time and allowing God to promote you. Okay? So, that's kind of, that's kind of a, a brief description. I'm going to tell you right now it's an honor to be, and I want to use the words freedom excuse me, freedom and kingdom like synonymously, okay? I want you to think of that because as, the way I think about myself, excuse me, the way I think about my wife, the way I think about our family, the way I think about the people who I get to raise up is like we're kingdom people. The way I think about all of us, the body of Christ is we're in a kingdom. Like we can choose to be kingdom people or not. And I just wanna tell you there's nothing greater than being a kingdom person because God is like, hey, I want you to bring my kingdom as it is in heaven here on earth. We have the honor to be able to do that. It is an honor to be able to do that. We, we get the opportunity to be an ambassador of God's kingdom. One of my favorite verses, If this maybe this will motivate you a little bit, but it's John 14, 12. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. And this is kind of what motivates me and helps me to bring the kingdom as it is in heaven here on earth. And I, I'm just going to, say it real quick, but it it says, most assuredly, I say, if you believe in me, you'll do the same works that I do, but even greater works because I go to the Father. I might have gotten the words a little bit wrong because I get different translations, but it's the same thing. So the idea that Jesus, who did miracles, signs, and wonders, the likes of which had never been seen, in a period of time that spanned three years, it says that all the books in all the world couldn't, couldn't contain it, that anywhere he went, stuff happened, and he told us, you're going to do the same thing, but even greater, because I'm with the Father, I'm like, okay. I'm just dumb enough to believe you. Let's go. So let me tell you something. I play, pray and believe for miracles all the time. Start small. Start with whatever. I don't care. Someone's like, hey, I'm sick. I'm like, oh, that sucks. You want to pray? Okay. 50% of the time, they get healed right there. Like some nonsense. Like how many times you walk by that stuff? How many times did I walk by that stuff? But I'm like, God, God's like, hey, man, I got I to gotta see if I can trust you with like small stuff. Whatever, so I'll just believe for it doesn't matter. So I'll I'll pray for someone to be healed of a sinus infection or to be healed from stage four cancer. Whatever it, it you know, for God it's 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 not um, it's no more difficult. Um, okay, so we got kind of an idea. That's a gist of an idea of like what kingdom, like kingdom freedom, kingdom and freedom, right? Okay, cool, awesome. So what is the cost? So the cost point one is the cost for us is a life of submission and surrender. And what's funny is, like, I put these things down as cost. I'm being a little bit facetious, a little sarcastic. Because, actually, the funny thing is, is the world would tell you that submitting and surrendering is sacrificing your freedom. is giving up everything. But the greatest thing you can do is submit and surrender everything to God, to Jesus, to the one who created you, the one who put the desires of your heart on the inside of you, the one who knows, like, who who knows Why you're here, the best thing you can do is give him everything. That is the absolute best thing you can do. So a life of submission and surrender. One of my favorite verses, James 4, 7. Memorize this verse. If you haven't already memorized it, memorize this verse. This is a life verse. It says, submit therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what does submission look like? Submission looks like what, 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 What have I given to you? What have I given you access to? Because sometimes we bring a bunch of junk to the table. And it's like, uh, okay, I'll come on Sunday. Okay, maybe I'll tithe. Okay, maybe I'll get on a serving team. But actually you can't have this stuff that the enemy has been holding me in bondage for for years and years because it's too dark, it's too ugly, it's too dirty, and I can never be actually forgiven for it. And there's nothing more anti-God than that statement. But so many people fall for it. You know, I fell for it for a time, for sure. It's easy because the enemy actually brings in an element of truth to the things that, that he brings up to you. So the lies that the enemy uses, they're not just like usually blatant, outright lies. It's usually like, hey, remember when you were in high school and this? Remember when this happened? Remember all this stuff? And you're like, oh, my gosh, yes, I do. And you can hear a a verse like, you know, you confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you're like, but not that. And it's nonsense. It's straight nonsense. The cross and what Jesus did is bigger than anything that has been jacked up in your life. Totally. Like 100%. Okay. So that verse, submit and resistance. Submit to God, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So a lot of times people will focus on the resistance aspect. Resistance is just on you. When you. If all you're going to do is resist, then that's your power against the enemy. If the resistance ain't working, there's something wrong with my submission. The submission, So I have to go to the beginning to see what is going on. If you read through the Old Testament, it's crazy to me because it's like, it's like, literally, it was like Moses went up to the mountain, and within three days, they're like, we don't know if this dude's even coming back. Make us a God that we can worship. And Aaron's like, I got an idea. Give me all your gold. And he throws it in a fire, and a golden calf comes out. And these guys are worshiping a freaking golden calf, and they just walk through the Red Sea on on dry land. They've seen the miracles of God. They've seen all these things and how easy it is to bring idolatry in to your life now, I, I use I use, uh, uh, dramatic terms like idolatry because I think we need to look at the things that are in our life with a level of seriousness to things that take us away from the the things of God. So, like if I have because because like if you remember some of these Israelites, they'd have like take like some of the small idols and stuff from like the lands that they conquered, and they're like in their tents with them, and then all of Israel's cursed because of it. So it's like, what are the small idols in our lives? What are the things that haven't, that we haven't submitted to God, right? So I give you everything. And at the end, I'm going to lead you through a prayer of like submission and surrender, kind of show you how I do it, which I think has been very, very empowering. And and submission looks different at different phases. For me, it was like, I don't have the awareness that I have now 10 years ago, when we like raise our hand to follow the Lord, right? Like I don't have the same level of awareness. Like at that time, God's like, hey, I'm just gonna poke on a few things and then let me see if you're gonna give those to me and then I'm gonna give you a few more, you know? Because I think if you would have showed me everything, I probably would have freaked out. I probably would have just rolled and went back to being a professional cusser. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was looking up. It was a good career. <laughs> Could have been anyways. I don't know. Anyways, um, great. So a life of submission and surrender is part of the cost. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 I think, I, I hope I've made the point that his way is the best way and giving him everything is the best thing that we can do. And here's the thing, it's going to transcend your own understanding. It should, because you're talking about giving everything to your creator, right? Like if you knew everything that the creator knew, then you would be the creator, Right, So like this whole like humanism nonsense thing about like how you're supposed to know everything, and if you don't know every facet of God, then, then why would you fall? it? Well, geez, if I did know every facet of God, then he wouldn't really be God. If I did know every single thing, right? Because there are some things that require faith, right? That's it. So another great verse, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight, trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding, because my own understanding is usually, usually determined based on what I've either heard or seen. That's it. So my own understanding is based on those things. So maybe I was born into poverty, so my own understanding is that I'm just always going to be poor, but that's not a kingdom understanding. You know what I'm saying? So if I use my own understanding to determine what I'm going to do in life, then I'm totally dependent on the things I've seen or heard, and that's it. Now, if I haven't heard the word, if I haven't been around people who've been positive and uplifting, if I haven't done that, then my life's going to be determined based on those environmental factors, which will jack me up. I, I, I took on a vow of poverty as a kid, you know, because I was poor. My family was poor. I was like, I used to not like people who had, like, families, you know, whose parents were married and stuff like that. Like, I, I felt, actually, but it wasn't that I didn't like them. I was insecure. I felt threatened. You're like, this sucks. This is, this is lame. I didn't like it that people had, like, a nice home or something like that. I felt threatened by them because I didn't. Because I didn't have those things. I didn't like that they had opportunities that I didn't have. You know, but it was so small, so small-minded, such small thinking, and had no, like, no room for God to come in and intervene and do anything in it. Awesome. The second point, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, but is uh, choosing his kingdom over worldly kingdoms. So a couple questions on that. I I love it. That's that's great. A couple questions on that is like, what do we build and what are our desires? What is it? What are the things that we're building? Are we building his kingdom here on earth? Because here's the thing, you guys, even if we get 120 years, like the Bible says we can, that's what I'm believing for. By the way, If you don't have positive declarations over yourself, one of the ones that I say over myself, over my family is, Lord, I thank you that my greatest days of health and prosperity are ahead of me. I'm 46 years old, and I'm not quitting anytime soon. So the Bible says I can do 120, so let's go. I'm going to do 120. I'm going to be muscles on shoes, muscles on kicks, whatever. You know what I mean? Dude, you're a beast, bro. You're the best, man. I love you. Um, So what are we building here on earth? Are we building things that have like eternal value or are we building things that only have earthly value? If the only thing that you're building is things that have earthly value, guess what? When you go, you you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, awesome, you'll go to heaven, great. your, Your eternity will be, you're sealed, you're with Jesus. But there are things you can do here which have an impact for the rest of eternity, it has an impact. There is actually, guys, okay, I'm not, go ahead, just, just read your Bible just to make sure I'm good, but, um, but so for those of us who call Jesus our Lord and Savior, it's, it's, it's a belief in the heart confession that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. He died. He was the Son of God. He walked the earth for, for 33 years. He was crucified. He died a sinner's death. He, was, he, was, he didn't sin, but he rose again, and then he ascended to the Father, and he told us to go out. He told us to, get to, to perform the Great Commission, go out and make disciples. Go out and, 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 and preach the good news to all the nations, to baptize people in the, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? You believe that, you're going to go to heaven. Your eternity is sealed. I'm just telling you right now, your eternity is sealed based on what the Bible says. Now, But there's another thing for believers, right? There's a judgment of your works, It's not a judgment for loss. It's not a judgment in the sense of whether your salvation is going. It's a judgment for what you get for reward in heaven. There's going to be some people who are going to be ruling cities in heaven. There's going to be some people who are going to be pushing a broom. That's okay. Pushing a broom on a gold street is pretty cool. Okay, You're not going to feel lost. It's just what could you have done with your time here on earth? That's it. So I'm telling you, the things that we do echo in the words of Maximus, decimus, whatever his name was, Aurelius, the things we do on earth echo in eternity. That is a kingdom principle. It's really true. We have the opportunity to be celebrated in heaven. We don't do that for our own, but, but like, how cool would that be? When we're in heaven, there's no fruit to bear. You're not saving any souls. No one's got a cane. No, one's got, no one needs to be healed. Nothing like that. You're going to do cool stuff in heaven. Don't get me wrong, it's not going to be boring. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome, but it's going to be completely different. This is your only opportunity while you're clothed in this human flesh to bear fruit. You will not bear fruit there. Okay? Cool. If you want to talk later, I'm happy to talk. I got some great books you can read. It's funny though, most people don't know anything about heaven. They think all they think is like I'm just going to sit down and play harps and watch little baby angels fly around. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. It's, um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. But here's the thing. I don't want to get there any sooner than absolutely necessary because this is my only opportunity to bear fruit. Okay? Cool? All right. Good. All right. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Okay. Oh, the trap of the world. What was I going to? I had a couple points on there. Let's see if I can turn these pages. The trap of the world. It's such a lie from the enemy. Oh, gosh, guys, I, I, I uh, It's just, it's just not. Every, every lie of the enemy. Every like worldly promise is garbage and nonsense. Like it does not lead to freedom. It does not lead to health. It does not lead to you being a, a, a person who doesn't le- live a compartmentalized life. Okay, uh, how, how do you know that? Well, guys, just look at Hollywood. Look at the people who have all the things that when you were a kid, you were told like, man, if you have money, you have riches, you have fame, you have all this stuff, you have whoever you want. They're the most miserable people on the planet. How do I know that? Because so many people commit suicide. It doesn't make any sense. You're praying for prosperity. You're praying for all these things. They have them all. They're tormented. It's small-minded because they know it means, that stuff means nothing. Okay, it doesn't mean you can't have money. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is if money has you, if all those worldly things, the trap of the world has you, it just leads to more torment. Just, just just look at him, dude. Look at Robin Williams. He was like one of the funniest dudes out there. He was a great actor. The dude ended his own life. Tormented. Look at them all. Look at him. I'm just telling you, you guys. Like, but but we have spiritual eyes to see that. Okay, my last point. Compromise isn't kingdom. I believe that compromise is the reason that we. That like a, a churches like Awakened church are having to fight so hard to regain any bit of ground that God's people once had, especially even in a great country like ours, which was founded on godly principles. Now, look, we were founded on godly principles. It doesn't mean that everything was perfect the way God wanted it, okay? But we were founded on godly principles, and the architect, the, uh, the, 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 um, the plans for freedom were drafted in those original founding documents, which could lead to freedom for everybody, okay? So, but the reason, the reason is because churches got lazy. They just cared about what was right here. They didn't care about actually taking this out and affecting their world around them. They didn't care about actually influencing what goes on in the government. They didn't think it made any sense to go to like a city council meeting, you know, where they're. I mean, we live in San Diego, so California you guys is like, is like, uh, is like um, an abortion sanctuary. Now, look here, here, look it. Do not let somebody tell you that or, or think that because people are. Are celebrating the overturn of Roe versus Wade, which is a kingdom thing, which is amazing. That that we are like judging people who have had abortions. That we're like, I freaking you don't. No, no, no. All people are equally important. All all of them. We love the mother. We love the we love what's in the womb. We love them both. They are both welcome with open arms. We will minister. We will love on them. We will lead them to a life of restoration and freedom and transformation. So don't even let someone tell you just because you're like, man, I think it's great that the Supreme Court overturned, overturned that thing. That doesn't mean that I'm judging a person who's had an abortion at all. I am all about, and it's funny, I've been having conversations with people who are on the other side a lot about this, and I just, I just try to get them to one thing. Like, is it better to have a chance to overcome the obstacles and adversities in life than to never be given a chance at all. That's it. That's all I want you to know. But then the response I get is, who are you to judge? I'm like, I'm actually not judging anybody. I'm asking what you think. I'm not telling you what I think about someone who's had. I have ministered to so many people who have had abortions. I've ministered to so many men who have pushed women to have abortions. You know, and seeing God's freedom and His healing show up. I've literally see, walked people through where they have these traumatic memories of like going in and having this, this this horrific procedure done, and and Jesus showing up, and then and feeling like their whole lives that they're separated and gone, gone away. No, it's not about the person. It's about the it's about the thing. So. The reason that we've had to do so much stuff is because we took a back seat and we didn't actually say, we would say cool things like, and I'm guilty of this, you guys. In the past, we would say cool things like, well, it's not for me, but who am I to tell anyone what to do? That's a, there, there's nothing, look, there's a difference between telling people what to do, excuse me, telling people what to do, because there's actually very few people you can tell what to do, right? Usually the only people you can tell what to do are maybe your kids, right? Uh, maybe if you're in a position of like authority or leadership in a work, you can, you can tell people what to do. But like average Joe citizen, like I can't actually tell you what to do. Unless you come to me and you go, hey, what do you think I should do about this? Unless you submit your say, hey, I want you to lead me. I want you to mentor me, whatever. Then you've given, given access to do that. There's very few people that I can actually tell what to do but how stupid would it be for us to receive transformation to receive breakthrough to receive all these things to know what the actual answer is and to remain silent (laughs) insanity look i'm not judging you if you are silent Don't don't get me wrong, but what I am telling you is God has given you a story, and maybe your story is just in the beginning. Maybe your story is in the midway. Maybe you're at that point where you're like, man, I feel like a pretty mature believer, and I see fruitfulness coming off of my life. I've got something to share and something to tell. I got whatever. Now listen, if people don't want to hear it, don't tell them. It's simple, but people who want to hear, tell them. Hey, oh, man, my marriage is just a freaking disaster. It's a nightmare. This blah, blah, blah. I could sit there, oh, yeah, that sucks. Mm. Bummer. <laughs> or I could go, hey, man, well, you know, what's the deal? How long have you guys been married? What? Do you guys go to church, or you, you guys, no, nah, we don't do any of that stuff. I'm like, well, dude, let me tell you something. The greatest thing that ever happened to my marriage, this is a true story. The greatest thing that ever happened to my marriage was getting involved in church, was being around people where I saw healthy marriages, where I saw healthy things. That was the greatest thing that ever happened. Dude, you want to come? I'll take you to lunch afterwards. I promise you it's not weird. We're not going to make you sign anything. Just come check it out. Like, how cool would that be? Look, we, we got space. We can bring people. You know what I'm saying? And now they have the opportunity to say no. And when they say no, okay, fine. Then you just you just sow just it and you just go, okay, I've sewn a seat. Now if you get an opportunity to say it again, cool. Oh, hey, I've been struggling with addiction. I've been struggling with this. I, I'm coming out of this lifestyle. Wow, dude, I used to struggle with addiction too. You know what helped me? Was it? You know, I mean, it's your story. It's what you've seen. It's it's those kind of things. It's sharing those things, and then it's like, as a church, as a body of Christ. Now, let me tell you something. Anyone who comes and tells you, "Yeah, but the separation of church and state," you automatically know that 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 is bogus. I'm just I'm going to just empower you just a little bit right now. There's no such there's no such wording in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, or the Bill of Rights. No such wording. No such wording. The, 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 the term separation of church and state comes from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to a group of Baptist, preacher, a Baptist church saying that he said there would be a wall of separation which would stop the government from imposing like a government type of religion on the church. Okay? That's where it comes from, you guys. And how do I? Why am I passionate about this? Because I used to believe that the separation of church and state was real. I was in the military 22 years. I felt like I couldn't tell people about Jesus, even when I wasn't really living for Him, because there's a separation of church and state. I can't do that stuff. It was garbage. It's nonsense. So anytime anybody tell you, don't believe me. Do the research. Go find it. Read through. I'm telling you guys, there's no such thing as that. There's no requirement. We have every. We have the right. Actually, the body of Christ has the right to influence. Our government and by the way if we remove God from the equation of America the Constitution and everything does not work it does not work humanism does not work okay cool all right we got that great yeah I you know with freedom it's like uh, with freedom comes a level of responsibility comes a level of like discipline. And I don't use discipline in like a bad sense. Anything that we do that's God's way is the best thing for us. Now, here's the thing. The old us versus the new us is the difficulty that all of us have, right? It's like we have, we have desires. I'm 46 years old. I spent the majority of my life not living for God. So there are going to be things that my flesh, my, 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 my earthly body wants and desires that are not kingdom things. Now, but I know in my heart and it actually in my head now that the best thing I can do for myself is do it God's way in everything that I do, right? In every single thing is to submit and surrender every area of my life to him. The best thing I can do is that. But, but I've got, there's this struggle between what I know is best for me, but what I want right now. And guys, I just want to tell you, Jesus knew what it was to be tempted. He was tempted. He understood temptation. He was tempted by the same things you and I are tempted by, but here's the difference. He never gave in. The Bible also tells us that when we are tempted, there's always a way out. There's, there's, there, in other words, there's no like, temptation that comes that we can't actually get away from. Now, what we can do is put ourselves in a pretty freaking bad position that make it really hard to get away from them. You know what I mean? So, so it's like asking for that spirit of wisdom and looking how I should conduct my life, how I should conduct my life in a manner that honors you. Not because we're religious, not because we're checking boxes, not because I want to have a Maserati in heaven and not a broom. You know what I'm saying? Not because of that, but because we love God. Because we love God and we have the opportunity to honor Him here. We have the opportunity to honor Him here. We have the opportunity, you know, Matthew 5, 16, it says, Let your light so shine that men see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. We have the opportunity to walk that stuff out. You know, at the end of the day, our our freedom really was was bought and paid for um, by the precious body and blood of Jesus Christ. You know, so I want to just take a moment and, number one, honor Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but also give an opportunity. If there's anyone in here who hasn't actually done that, who hasn't actually called on Jesus to be their Lord and their Savior, I'm telling you, friend, it's the best thing that you could ever do. So if we could just, just you know, maybe just, just be in prayer for just a second just be praying for a brother and sister if there's anybody you know or maybe 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 you never have or maybe you once did and now you just feel like man i'm just far away and i just want to i just want to come home i want to provide that opportunity for you so if that's you i'm going to count to three uh just want you to go ahead and raise your hand and um and we're going to pray for you so one i just want to tell you that he loves you. There's literally like nothing you could, could do which would disqualify you from being becoming a kingdom person, from being a son or a daughter. Number two, Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the only way. There's no other way. There's no other way to the Father but through him. No rules, no regulations, no, no good works, nothing like that. It's Jesus. It's the belief that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, that he is who the Bible says he is. So three, if that's you, I would just like for you to raise your hand. And we, will, and we will pray for you as a church. If there's anybody here. Awesome. Well, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. You're amazing. You're awesome. And we love you. One more thing I want to do is, you know, we spoke a lot about freedom and we spoke how to get it through submission and surrender, through not compromising to our old selves, to, to, to not worshiping worldly kingdoms. But right now, I just want to really just, just take, take some time and just lead us in a prayer of submission and surrender. So if you're like, hey, like I'm all in, like this is like I'm all in. Like I'm all in. If you felt like that message maybe spoke to you, you know, maybe you already are all in, but you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in again, whatever. Maybe you just feel like, hey, I've kind of been on the fringes, but I'm all in, I'm ready to go. I actually just want you, why don't we all just stand to our feet? And if that's you, I, I would like for you to, um, just come down to the altar. Just come down to the front. Just be brave. Just come down to the front. If that's you, just like, I'm gonna give you everything. Your way is going to be better than my way anyways. So I'm going to I'm going to submit and surrender everything to you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Now I want us all just to repeat this prayer cuz I think it's a it's a great life prayer. It's something I do regularly. Awesome. So proud of you. Great job. Wow. That's so good. Awesome. All right, well everybody, let's let's go ahead and uh Let's just repeat this prayer. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I give you everything. I give you my body. I give you my soul. I give you my spirit. I give you my heart. And I give you my will. Lord, I freely surrender everything to you I commit my life to kingdom service I declare that I am a kingdom person that I will take kingdom action that I will have kingdom thoughts and that I will bring your kingdom as it is in heaven here on earth, from this day forward. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages